the wheel of time keeps on turning. Midnight's children have turned into noon's adults, and it's already time for another probably bad podcast, which couldn't happen without the loving support of Mario, Hedwig, Matt, and joining them now is Carlo. They're all terrible. Hello and welcome to the Probably Bad Podcast, a podcast which is definitely bad. I'm Pencil. I'm Paper. Today's Probably Bad RPG idea is... Experiment with tone in your werewolf game by having all transformations be described in the style of magical girl transformation sequences. I think this was yours, but it ties into one that I did a while ago, which was describing all wild shape in the really horrendous way that Animorphs does it. I feel like I like that, like, we've got two different, like, I like that we've got the tones of the transformations completely opposite to the setting, because I like the idea of a light-hearted D&D game where the druid, like, you know, pulls off their face and grows their limbs painfully. And then a horrific game of hunting down monsters where you just suddenly go into the air and are surrounded by roses and nice music and put on a frilly dress and those were a werewolf. I mean, messing with tone is always fun. But I'm... Yeah. So, in the werewolf magical girl transformation sequence thing, it's basically Sailor Moon, right? Yes. Like the power of the moon transforms you. Yeah, it's say the moon if afterwards she just tears your throat out with her bare teeth. Which I feel would would greatly improve Sailor Moon. But yeah, like in the name of the moon you will be punished has a lot more like meaning when the moon is turning you into a wolf monster. It is very possible I'm getting the obscure Werewolf the Apocalypse lore wrong, so if I am, feel free to not message me a long list of what the moon actually does. I mean, I feel like we can just talk about it as werewolves generally. They're a fairly common yeah. thing. Yeah, like, like... Who doesn't have werewolves in their games, you know? Nerds. Take that, whatever percentage of our listeners don't have werewolves. <laughs> but I am also wondering, because in a lot of magical girl transformation sequences, there's also like an object that they have that like goes and floats, and then there's magical beams of light everywhere. What would that object be for a werewolf? Like, just another wolf? Which would just be... Yeah, because the obvious answer is themselves, which would just be, like, the end of Beauty and the Beast, but in reverse. Like, I guess it's like, you know, the myth, you know, like, in the original myths, like, you put on, like, an enchanted skin, and that turns you into a werewolf. It could be that. I mean, there, there are a lot of original werewolves. Well, myths. okay, fair enough. In some original myths. Like, there's one where they just put on a belt. 
and it yeah, you put on a belt and it turns you into a werewolf and then you take it off when you're done being a werewolf. Yeah, so it could just be a belt. Like a footprint with water in it. And, and that just appears in the air and they lick it. I want you to know that Nick just said furry cummerbund. I feel like that's furry in both senses of the word, isn't it? Like, I think the alternative is that they undergo the transformation and now they're like, you know, a nine foot tall wolf humanoid monster. And they also have a stick and they just hit you with the stick. Like, they don't <laughs> use any of their werewolf powers. Just in order to give them some sort of item. Yeah, like, they turn into just a wolf and it has a stick in its hand, in its mouth even. And the wolf is chasing you, hitting you with the stick. I have a question. Yes. So, in a lot of mythos, sort of people who know they're going to transform take off all of their clothes. Yeah. Magical girl transformation that involves growing a very weird penis. Because, like, a lot of people who listen to this are on Tumblr. They know how wolves work. Okay, so for this claim up, I don't know how wolves work, and I don't know why people are growing weird penises. I'm, I don't want to say it out loud, so I'm going okay. to send you a very short message. Please enjoy our penis break for this podcast. Don't say penis break. <laughs> My plan is to drive us away as many viewers as possible. Prepare for a live reaction to learning about knotting. Ah, okay. Fair, I, I now know what that means. I'm not sure I'm a fan of it. <laughs> like, I've seen the word a lot on, t- on Tumblr in the sense of something bad, but I didn't actually know the meaning and I was too scared to look it up. The best part is of the two of us, Pencil's the only one that really does anything on AO3. <laughs> Not, not. I just get all this by osmosis. I feel our podcast is going a bit off brand, or possibly staying entirely on black brand. Incredibly bad RPG ideas. (laughs) ABOD and D. So I hate myself a little bit. So magical girl transformation. Yeah. To quickly change the subject. But yeah, overall, I think I think I really like this idea, especially if it does have the whole like glowing while transforming. Because imagine you're watching this person and they start glowing, and then their outline gets really fuzzy, and you're like, "Oh, they're gonna transform," and then they stop glowing, and they're just really hairy. <laughs> I should do like it was like you have like yeah the big transformation, but you also have the magical girl thing for like. Because, yeah, in the in Werewolf game, there is, like, you just turn into a taller, furrier human, but, like, can still pass as human. So it's just that. They glow, and now they have more body hair, and they're, like, a few inches taller. <laughs> it's magical tea. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, there was going to be a reaction to what you said there, but instead my brain didn't work. 
So if we just cut out that last section, and now I will say something witty. Nope, I'm not going to say anything witty. It is though. It's it. Yeah. It makes you. It makes you taller and hairier. It makes you more like masculine looking. Yeah, like being a werewolf in werewolf is just being a trans guy. Like to be fair, there are other transformations other than becoming a trans guy. But I'm interested in this one. <laughs> I mean, like you know, with the whole like the gender identity clinic at the moment, asking a moon goddess to do it is probably easier than a lot than the official way. Guess who? There's a, sorry, went into actual politics there. Back <laughs> to magical fantasy creatures. But I, I do want to talk about the the sort of animal style transformation yeah. as well. Going to the more horrific side of things. I mean, the last time I played a druid, my go-to form was a badger. I feel like there's a there's like not a lot to be done with that. But the other form that I really liked for doing a lot of espionage was a spider. And just your, your skeleton moves to the outside. Yeah, like imagine it just bursts out of your mouth and wraps around you and then you start shrinking. Yeah, like that's that's a little bit bony venom. Question is, does that happen before or after you, presumably with a lot of very disgusting noises, sprout four extra limbs out of your torso? What I'm picturing is your skeleton wraps around you and your ribs just start expanding and, like, turning to arms. Oh, I like that. Yeah, like, the concept is horrific, but also I'm intrigued. I think that is maybe the problem with the animal-style transformation descriptions, is you just get, end up, at least I do, I'm really interested in anatomy. Like, I definitely, yeah, like, I feel like this is basically a game where you just describe body horror to your friends every time they use their class features, and it either works, or, or like... Sorry, further. And it either works or people like forcibly remove your ability to mouth. <laughs> your ability to mouth. I think someone has removed my ability to mouth. Ability to talk. I do you like the idea of just describing every spell in the most terrific way possible? Yeah. Like, vicious mockery. Like, ah, well, you said that he was a son of a bitch, and now his ears are bleeding. And it... Like, just, you cast Fireball, and what happens is your head sort of, like, like unfolds to reveal a flamethrower, and then just reseals itself. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> like, I feel like it maybe works better if like most spells are described like normally, but then like just one spell is just like you cast like magic missile and what happens is just your spine comes out your back 
pulls out a gun and starts shooting people. Where was the spine keeping the gun? Um, like, I, I don't know anatomy, but I assume there's, like, a holster in there somewhere. So I was picturing more along the lines of, like, the bones at the end of your fingers sort of hmm. shoot out and stab the person, and then they just, like, fly back in. You can use magic missile a grand total of ten times in your entire career, because after that you run out of fingers. No, they fly back in. It's okay. like long-distance Wolverine. You can retract hmm. them. Yeah. The power of, like, if I throw my fingers, they will return just sounds like a really shitty superhero. <laughs> a little bit. So, Could you do it with other body parts? Could you, like, break off an arm and use it as a boomerang? I'm just imagining magic missile, but you just fire your teeth like machine gun bullets. Yeah, I, like, I'm getting very into this idea. Like, just invisibility, but you just take your skin off. So it's less that you can't be seen and more that no one wants to look at you. Yeah, it's just invisibility, but you look so horrific that everyone just, like, pretends you're not there. Invisibility, but you die and turn into a ghost. Hmm. I feel like yeah, intangibility, but you just actually in a world where the undead exists. Like, okay, this problem's a bit unsurmountable. I'm going to die and then come back as a ghost with a bunch more powers. Is actually not an abuse. Like people never explore the implication of the fact that dead people keep coming back as super powerful monsters. Yeah. Because, like, there are genuinely a lot of characters in D&D who are, oh yeah, I died horribly, it was the best thing that's ever happened to me, now I can eat souls. But, I mean, there, there is also the reverse that you guys did in one game, which was, oh, this vamp we can't work out how to cure this vampire, so we're going to kill her and then pay someone to cast True Resurrection. <laughs> and it like, worked. It worked, but this poor woman has died twice. She, she's fine. I don't think she was fine. She was that, not. She was think, incredibly traumatized. I think she also did go to hell, like, at least the first time she died. Briefly, yeah. <laughs> like, in between the killing and the resurrection, there was some hell time. But yeah, anyway, my point is I don't know what my point is I think my point is that your head falls like a flamethrower And then you come back as a ghost And that's how you get a fan advantage to intimidating Like the city guard Yeah, that tracks Like with resurrection You can just like Die and come back as undead And then when you no longer need to be undead You die again And just are resurrected as a normal person yeah, like, could you be a temporary lich? Yeah. Like, if like someone kills your lich form, can you just, like, have an arrangement with someone to bring you back n normal at the end of it? But yeah, I don't see why not. And it's a, like, so that's just another transformation sequence where you just heal over death. <laughs> it's the transformation sequence everyone gets to do. Like, I do, sorry, I... 
it's not really hockey related, but I love the idea of like the magical transformation sequence. So you go up and you're glowing and like the dress appears and like you get a magical item and then it stops, you just fall over dead. <laughs> well, how else do you think they put bodies in nice clothing? They do it before they magically transform into a corpse. Magically transform into a corpse sounds like a wizard trying to do a euphemism for their magical murder powers and just not quite <laughs> succeeding. I cast, I cast person to corpse. <laughs> I don't think we've done any ideas this this like episode. I think we've just discussed horrible things. Yeah, I think normally we transition to questions after we turn it into a game we would want to play, but instead it's turned into Junji Ito. So, yeah, uh, um, if you could find any ideas in the things we just said, I, you're welcome. You know what is a good idea, though? Not that. It's going on the 21st of November to twitch.tv slash theblakery to watch our first ever live show where we're going to be doing this bit and then answering questions. You'll get to see our faces and possibly our horrible Animorph-style transformation sequences. That's twitch.tv slash theblakery, T-H-E-B-L-A-K-E-R-Y, on the 21st of November at... um, at 8pm UK time. So questions. Hi, I'm Hazel and I make a podcast with Liz called Bread and Thread, which you might enjoy if you are a fan of food or clothes or other interesting parts of domestic history. We find out interesting facts about things like regional foods, ancient breeds of sheep, um, pretty much anything domestic history. So if you'd like to know why it's illegal to import a sheep into Iceland and what was presented by Queen Victoria to Harriet Tubman, then you might want to check out Bread and Thread. Find us at Bread and Thread on Twitter or find us everywhere podcasts exist. Yeah. So our first question isn't loading because my computer's been. Our first question is from first two hundred and twenty-four. Kind of an odd question, but would a PC turtle monk be able to contract my campathy from a weir bear? And if so, how screwed are their teammates? I mean, I don't see why you couldn't get lycanthropy. Yeah. So what's the horrible animorphs transformation for? turtle turning into a bear because i'm assuming the shell just like unclips itself and turns inside out well i mean i think the the most important thing is that it would surely not be a werebear Hmm. because you're not a person is there an old english for tortoise i assume so but i don't know what it is there is a tortoise. So you would be a tort bear. 
That's the most important thing is the pedantry. Yeah. Like, as the creature is, like, you know, tearing your throat out, it is important to make sure you're using the right terminology. It's only polite. I feel like your your teammates aren't any more screwed than they would be if someone else was a werebear. Which is fair. Actually, no, werebears are lawful good. So you actually might be fine. Just like... You might actually just be an incredibly pedantic bear that goes around saying, actually, I'm a taut bear because I was a tortoise yeah. and not a human. Yeah, like the important... Yeah, so what it will do is it will transform, and then it will correct your terminology. Then it will file your taxes. I like the idea that that's what lawful good is. It's just, yeah. it makes sure it does its taxes on time. Yeah, like, that is, that is like, what paladins do. Like, that's the only thing paladins do. That is true. Paladins are just accountants. Mm. That is, um, if you, if you like, consider that a controversial opinion, then you're wrong. So, I feel like the turtle... I'm just imagining, like, you know, the tortoise's head and legs and go into the shell, and then they just come out with their bears. Well, like, their bare body parts. And that's how it transforms. Well, I was thinking, presumably, if going human to spider, your, your skeleton comes out of your mouth and wraps around mm. you, Presumably the reverse happens going from tortoise to bear. Yeah. Like, like I said, its shell just sort of opens and closes. Maybe the shell, like, twists around and goes partly inside and becomes the teeth. Yeah. maybe Because a tortoise like, doesn't have teeth. Where do, you, where do you think the teeth come from? Like, the shell just shrinks and becomes, like, a head. And then it chomps you. <laughs> I honestly think the weirdest part of the experience, because I'm looking up turtles, and apparently they tend to be very orderly and lawful good, similar to a werebear. So, so like, like, basically, all you... <laughs> you just become fluffy. Yeah, you've just got exactly the same turtle, but now they're furry. Basically, yeah, you're, you're fine. Just, you know, everything's great. Just, like, pet your new friend. Or the same friend. Pet your now furry friend. <laughs> and you, you do have a better sense of smell, but also if you smell something bad, you're too polite to comment on it. Mm. So that's that's useful. Yeah. Like, I feel like the character is more screwed than the party because you've lost, like, your external natural armor. Mm. Yeah. Like, only, only on full moon. Like, every full moon, you become fluffy and adorable. <laughs> and nothing else changes. Yeah, that sounds about right. Oh, uh, I hope that makes you feel better about your new weird air turtle friend. So, our second question is anonymous. How to run a real a real world? Uh, how to run a real-world campaign without getting all late Buffy about it. I'm assuming that late Buffy means escalating it a ridiculous amount and getting overly grimdark. Yeah, like real life. Um, yeah. 
So, yeah, the serious answer I would say to this question is don't... So don't keep trying to, like, top your last enemy in terms of sheer power. Like, once you've got something that can destroy the world, it's hard to get something that can destroy the world more. And instead try mixing up, like, something that's maybe less objectively powerful than more of a personal threat or something that is more you have to survive until it goes away rather than you have to stop it. Yeah, because, I mean, I think the Avengers series has this problem where, like, they've just threatened the world and then the Mm. universe, and then it's like, okay, now what? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, there was Supernatural, which last I checked is, I think they're fighting God's big sister or something ridiculous like that. Sounds about right. Yeah, it yeah, so yeah, rather than going for like a bigger threat, try going for a different type of threat. Yeah, like I feel like there might be a good opportunity for almost like a slice of life kind of game. Yeah. Where it's just like, hey, you're just I'm assuming this is yeah, it says real life, so like mm. you're just living your life, you're working in a shoe shop. And then suddenly someone takes away all the shoes. Oh, no. I feel like you can avoid getting all late Buffy on it by just not introducing any threats. It's just this person working in a shoe shop and you all role play this person in a shoe shop. Presumably the system you use for this is roll for shoes. Yeah. Except it's literally just you roll to see if there are shoes within arm's reach or if you have to walk a bit to get the shoes. Um, so yeah, you just not introduce any threat, and that will stop it getting too late, Buffy. Or you just make the threats, rather than being big and existential, you just make them silly. Mm. You start off with, like, the world-ending demon god, and every, like, time after that you just slowly decrease the scale of the threat. Have you considered making the BBEG Octodad? It would be really hard because, you know, he just looks like an ordinary human father. Yeah. You have to determine which of these completely normal human fathers are Octodad. Yeah. I feel like any RPG would be improved by a reveal that the big bad has been Octodad all along. Octobad. Yeah. I guess there is also the option of just going more outlandish. Like, Mm. as we all know, moon's wet. Moon's wet and hatching. Could you go to the moon? Because real world is not the same as realistic. Maybe you've saved the world, and now you've got to save the moon from whatever is hatching from within. After you've saved the Earth, you then just go through all the other planets and moons and planetoids in the solar system. Someone's as trying long, to... As speak. long as they're all, like, extant bodies. Yeah. Then technically it's still real world. Like, lots of things are in the real world. Yeah. Yeah. So your jo- job is to, like, stop someone stealing Neptune. 
There's a joke about Okay, I would play that though. Yeah, there's a joke about Uranus here, but I can't quite think what it is. Someone is invading it. Someone is invading Uranus and you need to stop. We did it, we got there. But yeah. So yeah, I think so yeah, I think the takeaway I've got here is to mix up the kind of threats you're going with rather than strict progression, whether that's in a good way. Or in a, someone is invading Uranus and you only have this shoe store to stop them away. But that is the thing though, isn't it? Is real world is such a vague yeah. phrase. Like, most sci-fi is real world. Like, War of the Worlds is a real world thing. Call of Cthulhu is yeah, a like, real world thing. Yeah, I feel it depends on whether you real world in the sense of like, I know this is a crime thing where it's, you know, all realistic. Or like real world in the sense of, you know, world of darkness. If you open your back door, there's a vampire god there. Like I, I, mean, have... I feel like it's very easy to get, as the question said, all late Buffy. Yeah. With world of darkness. Yeah, I think with world of darkness, the important thing is like only use one or two source books at most. Don't try to use every source book. Because things will get very ridiculous very fast. Unless, you know, that's the sort of campaign you want to play. Maybe you want to get all mm. late Buffy about it. Yeah. Which, you know, valid. I was going to yeah. say all campaigns are valid, but I've heard some stories. Yeah, most campaigns are valid, except you, you know who you are. Stop it. <laughs> that is there's the tagline okay our next question I don't know why I said that in that voice our, ne <laughs> our next question is also anonymous best gaming snacks wrong answers only dice crunch like, so I feel there's no other good answer than dice, but this is a re-recording, and in the original recording, I confessed to wanting to eat people, <laughs> because I kept suggesting the GM. Also the players, be fair. Yeah, the GM and the players. And apparently most people are not sitting there planning to eat their game. So I thought I'd point that out before I bring out my suggestion, which is, definitely not your fellow players and GM. That would be wrong. <laughs> that was the shortest redemption arc in podcast history. I, I have burned through like all nine alignments just just off screen. <laughs> it wasn't relevant. Um, but yeah, I do, I do think you could eat your character sheets as kind of like an amnesia mechanic. Hmm. Like every time you get hit with like a memory erasal spell, you just bite a chunk out of your character sheet. Ten candles, but instead of the candles burning down, you just slowly eat them. I like that at that point it's not relevant that they're candles, except for the fact that you want to make it worse. <laughs> Like, I mean, you could just like have an array of normal snacks and use that as 
sort of the session timer when we run out of Doritos, the game is over. I feel like that takes some of the tragic horror away from it. As, <laughs> as you watch your family die, you are overcome with horror at the dark world you find yourself in, eating Doritos. What if it's not the players eating the Doritos? <laughs> you, sorry, I, I, I got like the spooky vibe for Just imagine like you just have a goat in the room and every time it eats a Dorito, the numbers go down. What you do is you get your dog hmm. and you put out you hide dog treats around the room, and when the dog has found and eaten all of the treats, the game yeah. is over. Like, <laughs> yeah, the game space is just a dog and a pile of meat, and you have until the dog stops eating the meat. I'm worried we may have come up with a good RPG idea. I, I, I'm not. Um... No, but think about it. Every treat represents an important NPC who gets killed off when ah. the dog finds and eats that treat. That could work, actually, I guess. I think it would need to be a bit more controlled than just letting your dog loose in the house. No. Okay, fair enough. Life is chaos, Pencil. <laughs> like, what you need to do is, like, so you have the dog, and then you just, like, cover, like, each of the players in, like, meat strippings or something, and when the dog moles them, their character dies. <laughs> if you die in real life, you die in the game. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't think this is answering the snack question at all. I think this is just inventing dog molding. Well, the best gaming snack, the actual answer, obviously, is me. I am a snack. I don't have enough self-esteem to make that joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. But yeah, I think I think the best, I think I would go assuming that paper isn't here. I would go for the um, rule book as the DM is about to like find out how badly you fucked. Like they're like, okay, you take damage and you take and then you grab the book before they can read how much damage you can get. Swallow it. It would be a good way to deal with rules lawyers. Yeah. You want to check what page 37 says? Good luck getting inside my stomach. Oh god, we went back to war. <laughs> Sooner or later it all comes back to war with you. I, I, I try to redeem myself from eating my fellow players' butts. Eating your fellow players' butts? You couldn't see that because this is a podcast, but I did a finger click. You did a what? Finger click. Fing okay. no, finger guns. I did finger guns. <laughs> it's twenty. What even are words? If you would like to hear what words are, where did? <laughs> well, yeah. I think I don't think we did answer that question, but we certainly like said some things in response to it. To be fair, the question did say wrong answers only. Yeah. And some of those answers were incredibly wrong. Yeah, like I'm not like Sono. I'm pretty sure weren't actually. <laughs> yes. Um. So out of character, Nick Lake. Uh, do we have the uh, Patreon? Um, not Patreon. The ending thing. Um. 
No, we we only have your part, and I'm the one that says all the ending things. Ah, fair enough. He just round off with that. And if you like, perform a little rap. I do not like. Um. So yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening. Um. So yeah, we're doing a live show on Twitch that. Twitch.tv slash the Blakery T H E B L A K E I can't say letters. Twitch.tv slash the Blakery. That's T H E B L A K E R Y on the twenty first of November at eight PM UK time. So that's just UTC. Um if you have a question for a regular episode, you can email um at gmail.com or send a message to us on Tumblr. Don't know why I said it like that, but on Tumblr at uh, probably bad RPG ideas. Uh, we do have a Patreon, which is also probably bad RPG ideas. If you want access to homebrews such as the Demon of Minor Anxiety, or Wrestle Boys, the Fighter subclass, as well as bonus episodes. So thank you for listening, and, and remember, remember to have, have a probably, probably bad, bad day. day.